0: Good morning, church. It's a great privilege once again to bring the Word of God to us this morning. And in continuation of our series on the Sermon on the Month by Jesus, on what looks like for the kingdom to have arrived, in how we can experience the power as well as the presence of God every day. This morning, the topic we're going to be looking at is the kingdom and prayer. And our text is taken from Matthew chapter 6 from verses 5 to 15. I'll be reading that later. But let us first of all start by answering a very simple question. What is prayer? Prayer is simply defined as talking to God or talking with God. It's a two-way thing, I believe, for us Christians, because you talk, to God in prayer, and he talks back. So it's a two-way thing. You talk, you pour out your heart to him, and he talks to you back. So in short, it's communication. But let us consider again, what is prayer to a Christian? What is prayer to a Christian? I love this quote by Martin Luther. He says, to be a Christian without prayer it's no more possible to be alive without living. I want us to think over that. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible to be alive without living. So prayer, simply put, for me, is breathing to survive. So you breathe in, you breathe out. Without breathing, you can't survive. Just as a fish cannot survive outside of water, for us Christians, we need prayer to survive. In communicating with God, we draw strength, power, comfort from our Father. And Jesus demonstrated this throughout all his life on the earth. We read in passages of the Bible that he went to a lonely place to pray. He went to the mountain. He set aside from his disciples. Jesus prayed, he prayed, he prayed. And his last words on the cross was a prayer. So we can see the importance of a prayer. I want us to pray now. Father, we want to thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence. We thank you that you love us so much. And we thank you because you are willing to speak to us and you want us to speak to you. I pray, Lord, this morning that even as I bring your word, your word says the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the simple. Speak, Holy Spirit, this morning in Jesus' name. So in focusing on prayer in kingdom living, Jesus again as we've seen over the past week, demonstrated a practical change of how prayer was construed and also practiced in that time. So let us consider the teaching this morning along two main points. Along the two main points, prayer and kingdom posture, and prayer and kingdom living. Prayer and kingdom posture, prayer and kingdom living. So let's take the first point, prayer and kingdom posture, and I want us to read from the book of Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to be reading from the verses that we're looking at this morning. From verse 5, it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, verse 7, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. From these verses that we have learned, we've seen Jesus again describing how to pray. And from this, we can see that Jesus clearly noted that prayer is a personal, it's a private posture, it's a private act. Things come out from these verses that we've learned. We're praying to our Father, your Father, my Father, It's a discussion with your father, your father. It's not for show-off. It's not to draw attention to yourself. It's a private affair in the secret place. It's locating yourself in that secret place. It's also about simplicity. It's not about eloquence or drama. None of this is required. When you're speaking to your father, it's a simple act of communication. On the Gleiser note, as earthly parents, how happy would you be for your son or your daughter to choose to ask for something or discuss something very private right in front of everyone? For instance, in St. Stephen's, oh, Dad, I'm going to be getting married to this wonderful... Oh, dear. For someone like me that comes... I know for many one of us, I come from very strong, traditional, valued background. Oh God, I'm so sorry for myself. I'll have received a cough on my ear for that. You wouldn't do that in public places. So praying to God is a personal, is a simple act of talking with a father that cares. The father that we have read from this verse is that knows what we need even before we ask it. It's a heartfelt cry unto our Father in the place of worship, in your place of need, in the place of intimacy, in the place of safety. This does not nullify the place of praying with others, praying with your spouse, praying with your children, praying in church with other believers, but the attitude as well as the posture should still be the same. In your space, your private place, a heartfelt cry to your father. This consciousness takes the pressure off when praying in public for as many that are not too comfortable praying. It takes that pressure off as you focus on God and not how others think you are putting your sentences together. It takes that pressure off. So let's consider the second point, praying and kingdom living, praying and kingdom living. And I'll be reading the second half of this text, Matthew chapter 6 from verses 9 to 13. From verse 9, it said, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus, again in these verses, went on to demonstrate what to say when praying. He also threw light on why we need to pray. And this same prayer known as the Lord's Prayer, was used by Jesus in Luke chapter 11 from verses 1 to 4 in a response to one of his disciples requesting him to teach them how to pray. But if we also look at these verses, it's a summary of our daily living that is dependent on God who is a father. Who is a father. So this prayer is said to be one of the most common prayers among Christians It's said to be a model prayer, and we can see it can be broken into different parts, starting with worship, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Adoration of our Heavenly Father, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We have confession. We also have supplication, praying for provision, praying for protection, and in some verses or in some chapters of the Bible where uh, in some translations you have it ending in worship. Thy kingdom come that will be done on earth. As a model prayer, we structure our prayer after it. Jesus gave it as an example of how to pray so we can structure our prayer after it. But again, in addition, looking at each of the statements as prayer points, we see how We should pray, that's the vertical to God, the connection to God. It also gives us an insight on why and how we should live in God's kingdom. So the horizontal, how we interact with others around us. So let's take the first point. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is the worship path. This is about relationship with God. As a father, so we have this father-child relationship which Jesus has re-emphasized in this prayer model. Who are we praying to God? Our heavenly father, who is also a universal father. So we all have the same father as Christians. He's omnipresent. How comforting. That is everywhere. So I can talk to him everywhere. In John chapter 1, Verse 12, he says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So, as his son, as his daughter, in beginning our prayer, in worship, we enter into his presence with thanksgiving and praise in honor of this great God. The king of kings, I dare to call the king of kings father. The God that is glorious in holiness, the God that is fearful in praises. Just imagine it for a minute, that you dare to call Queen Elizabeth your mom. And think of the heavenly father, you dare to call the king of kings, the owner of the universe, your father how wonderful the second prayer point your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven that we pray this brings our attention to the fact that we are a part of a kingdom that God is interested to be demonstrated on earth and that is the purpose of creation that is why man was created to demonstrate God's presence on earth. If we look at Genesis chapter 1 from verses 26 to 31, but I'm just going to look at verse 26, it says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the creatures that move along the ground. It's interesting for us to know that even though sin came in, when man fell, and the prayer again, Jesus re-echoes that the plan of God still remains, that God is still interested in us. And even as we pray as God's kingdom to come, the teachings of Jesus, as we have seen over the past weeks, challenges us as Christians to be the light and the salt living in this earth to demonstrate that kingdom to everyone around Let's look at the next one, verse 11. Give us today, this day, our daily bread. That talks about provision. This contrasts totally the human tendency to store and to worry if there is not enough for the next day. To trust that God will provide daily. This may sound strange for some that might never have been in a position or that I've never experienced one. I want to share this testimony in glory to God because I was humbled when I came into this country. When I moved from a position of having enough, and moving into a position of want. It was a difficult period, very difficult having to live daily to depend on God to provide. And I remember one of the Sundays we were coming to church, we had just enough money to bring us to church, and there wasn't enough to get us back home. And I told the children, there was never going to be a day that we were going to sit at home because we didn't have money to come to church. So we stepped out, and we got a ride to church. So God had done one. And after church, I stepped out, and Dan met me with an envelope and said, Hannah, this was dropped in the mailbox for you. And nobody knew me at that time in this church. I sit at the back with my boys there, and no one knows me, but God knows me. And that envelope had my name and my surname correctly spelled on it, so definitely it's me. And I shook it, and I knew it was money inside, and I was wondering who knows me here? Stepped out, we had virtually toothpaste had finished, everything had finished. We were using a pay-as-you-go meter. The electricity was running out, everything was running out. I stepped out, and went into home by gains. and I opened the envelope and it was money inside. I felt pimples go all over me. And I told my children, I brought out the money and I said, God knows the address of our house. Daily, daily, daily sustenance. And God has done so many other miracles after that. I'm humbled by this experience and also grateful for that fresh understanding of daily sustenance. The interesting thing is, up to today, I don't know who gave that money. So God demonstrated his kingdom in my life, even in this assembly. So I'm grateful to that person if you are listening to me today because you proved again that God does care about my daily needs and he does care about everyone's daily needs. So it's an understanding from this prayer that our daily provision comes from God. He's interested in our daily sustenance. A kingdom's heart is one that puts God first and a total dependence on God's provision. The God that feeds the birds, he fed me. He's still feeding me. That same God cares for you. And we're going to see more of this teaching series on that in the next couple of weeks. He cares. He's our loving father. Verse 12 says, And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And going further... I'm going to jump to verse 14. It says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So very clearly we see this place of forgiveness. Forgiveness from God and us forgiving others, which is linked to answers to our prayers. This prayer point echoes our tendency to fall into sin. It shows us the source of forgiveness, remembering the the story of, of the prodigal son and the father, how the father forgave the son even before he came asking for forgiveness. The story of love. It's interesting also to note here how God also wants us to live with others, reminding us that we are a product of His grace and mercy, hence to show same to others. Unforgiveness, I'm sure we have heard, is like drinking poison and expecting somebody to die. It can't happen. And for it to be included as a prayer point shows how hard... Forgiving others can be. But it's also a reminder that unforgiveness can lead to unanswered prayers. That is the truth. Hence, every effort should be made to forgive others. We should try, by all means, the Bible says, to live in peace with all men. Live in peace. Let go. Let go. Another prayer point, verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The New Living Translation says, permit us not to fall into temptation. Preserve or guide me from falling into sin. So praying God's protection over our lives is critical. We have dealt with temptation before, And so we're not going into much detail, but we know temptation could be the test of individual by God, for instance, the example of Abraham, or by Satan when he tempted Jesus or Job. It is to cause us to sin against God. And Jesus, in speaking to Peter before his arrest in Matthew 26, verse 41, He told him there, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we need to pray that God should guard us. He should help us not to fall. And this is a fresh and a constant reminder that as kingdom-minded believers, living in the flesh is a daily fight with Satan that can only be won by God's intervention. It's a daily fight. Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to be reading these verses that we're familiar with. Finally, verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Very frightening, but it is the reality. So it is a daily fight. And a good look at what is happening around us in the world today, our individual challenges, is a constant reminder that we need divine protection more than ever before. That we need to connect in prayer to God more than ever before to help us. In conclusion, trying to conclude, the NIV excludes this last part, but I want to include it. It says, For yours is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's a fitting way to end prayers, turning all attention back in worship of our Father. For our daily survival depends on our Father. And in our journey to revitalize, reengage, and reinvest, prayer cannot be separated from kingdom living. It is a part of it. For God's kingdom to come in our lives it will take bowed knees in prayers. I would like the band to come up now. For God's kingdom to come in our lives, it will take bowed knees in prayers. It will take us calling on to God. In praying to God and being a part of his kingdom, we have also seen it's also about how we live with others, and it is about remaining connected to our Father, who is the only one that can help us to be overcomers in this life. I want to ask the question even as I begin to close. Is He a Father to you? Whatever your circumstances or the situation around you this morning, God's help is only a prayer away. Will you pray, our Father in heaven, this morning? Father, we thank you. We worship you. We lift up our eyes to you this morning. and worship your majesty when we look at the heavens and all that you have created the moon the stars who are we that you are mindful of us who are we that you care so much for us we call out to you this morning our father in heaven hallowed be your name amen